Welcome to It's a Crime, I'm Linda, and today I'm gonna to be talking about Melanie Gibb, Lori Vallow's friend. She just recently did an interview with Nate Eaton of East Idaho News, and today I'm gonna to give you part one of this video, and then stay tuned for part two and part three. But before I get into it, if you'd like to be part of the It's a Crime community, please click that subscribe button below and hit the notification bell. Be sure to hit it to all. Give it a like if you support this video, and share this out where you can. Now, let's get into it. Melanie begins the interview by talking about how she's been in hiding. And she said she's been worried about what Chad and Lori are going to do. And she said she's worried about what the media would say. And she said she just wasn't ready to speak until now. And here is her opening statement. She says, when you realize that the people that you know, that you are so close to and love, that have been involved in something that has to do with kidnapping and people dying, you start to think, oh my gosh, are they gonna come after me? Everything closes in and you start to think about your own safety and you start to think about what really happened and could this really be true? And Nate Eaton says, well, why are you coming today, right? And she says, because I faced all the fears and that I decided that the truth is more important than what I wanted. She says, and I needed to do it for those who have passed on that justice may be served. I think it's fair to Charles and JJ and Tammy and Tylee that someone's standing up for what happened to them. And I care, I do care for them and I care for the families involved. And I reviewed this part of the statement and wrote down my thoughts before I saw part two and part three. And it, she makes it sound like JJ and Tylee are gone. And at the time when I first wrote this, I thought, well, maybe perhaps she knows more than what she feels she can say in this interview, or maybe that she just grouped all of those guys together and didn't realize that she had just said passed on and not added in kidnapping. Um, but I did see parts two and three, and in three she mentioned that she doesn't believe these kids are on this earth. So it it actually um, is the first time we've heard somebody say that officially, I guess, that these kids aren't there. So it's really heartbreaking. Let me know what you think in the comments below. Now, Melanie goes on to talk about her goal is to speak about what's gone on and speak to others and about the beliefs of zombies being part of the 144,000 and multiple probations, which is just means past lives. She says she feels she knows Lori and Chad better than anybody and what their story is. Nate mentions right away, you know, he says, well, many people have said that you need to go get an attorney. And what do you think about that? And she says, and I quote, why do I need an attorney if I'm telling the truth? God is on my side. So Nate then takes Melanie back a few years and wants to know a little bit more about when she first met Chad. And Melanie says that she met Chad at a conference and that he talked about his dreams and visions. And Melanie just walked up to him and introduced herself to him. Nate says, well, were you impressed by him? And Melanie says, well, she wanted to meet him because she thought his dreams were interesting. And she said that he was really nice. And any time that she did see him was at an event before Lori met Chad, that is. Now, Melanie met Lori one night at a church. Melanie was doing a class and Lori introduced herself. She said Lori was quite excited to meet Melanie and what she was teaching. Now, side note, I wish Nate actually asked her, what was it that you were teaching that night? 
just something I would be interested in knowing. And Melanie said that she talked a lot about spiritual experiences with Lori and that their friendship really started to develop. They talked about the second coming and the excitement of what they were studying and learning about it. They also talked about life and about being a mom and Lori talked about JJ being a handful and being autistic and what that was like. Now, I wonder if Lori ever talked to Melanie about taking JJ off that medication. You may or may not know, the last time that JJ had his prescription filled was in January of 2019, eight months before JJ went missing, or hidden, or worse. Then Melanie talked about how her and Lori went to an event down in St. George, Utah and drove down together. She said that Chad was there speaking and selling his books and Lori met Chad there. They were there for two to three days, she said, and she said that Chad was there for two. Lori talked to Chad a lot about his books and asked a lot of questions and was interested in what his thoughts were. And Melanie said that they started talking about these beliefs that generally you don't talk about in the church. She said something you talk closely with not a lot of people listening. And Nate pipes in and says, did you know that Chad had a wife and five kids in Rexburg? And Melanie says, yes, both her and Lori knew about Tammy and their five children. So Melanie said that Chad's wife and kids didn't go to the conferences that she knew of. And Nate asked, where did Lori and Chad's relationship go from there? Melanie says that after the conference, they went back to Arizona and that Chad came to the next event in November and many people stayed all at Lori's house. She said there was plenty of room in Lori's house and Melanie's friends came and Lori's friends and Chad stayed there. And she did say that Charles was out of town. So now we know that Charles is out of town during that stay at that weekend. And I did know that Chad was there but I always wondered who stayed there, but I didn't know that Charles wasn't there. So I had wondered, would there have been any signs of Chad and Lori flirting or Lori's obsession with Chad around Charles? But now we know he wasn't there. So I wonder how much Charles actually knew of people being there that weekend, or if he didn't even know that Chad was there that weekend. And I do wonder where Chad slept that night or with who. And Melanie talked a little bit about her interaction with Charles. She said he seemed like a really nice guy and that Charles was happy to meet them. It was an enjoyable conversation. And Charles talked about converting to the church and he was excited about it. And when asked about Lori and Charles's marriage, she mentioned that they argued often. Charles was trying to do things to help her and please her, and Lori was struggling to be happy by that. And Melanie said she was often frustrated, and there was a lot of contention between the two of them. And Nate said, did you ever see him lose his temper or become irate with Lori or the kids? Melanie says, no. Did you see her become upset or angry with Charles? And Melanie says, well, vocally, I could see her upset. He might have had a little bit of stress in his voice, when you do, when you argue, and just that arguing kind of upset voice is what she said. And you hear this often about the description of Charles. Charles was one to try and please Lori and make her happy. We've heard this very, very often. We've heard how Charles was gentle and kind, and even Charles's first wife said that he was never ever hot-headed or um, angry or um, violent or anything of that nature. And 
even on his body cam that I did do a video and I'll put it right here for you. His demeanor, even in a stressful situation, was very calm. But Lori and Alex sure painted a different scenario of what he was like that day Charles was killed. Melanie goes on to talk about Chad and Lori spending time. She says they went on a jog in the morning together that weekend. Melanie starts to look shy at this point and she's uncomfortable and she says um, it's so personal, so hard to share with the world all the things they talked about. But she did talk about Chad teaching them about some understandings, about multiple lives and things of that nature. She said in St. George when Lori met Chad, he told her that they have been married multiple times before and that was established when they first met. And she said not in this earth life, but multiple earth lives. And Lori seemed to already understand that teaching already um, that she learned through his books and podcasts. So the idea wasn't foreign to her is what Melanie said. Now what's interesting here is that Lori meets Chad and on that very first meeting in person, Chad tells Lori that they've been married multiple times before. And from what we know, Lori has been reading Chad's books for about three years at this point. And she loved his teachings and his books and is obsessed with him is what's been said. So Lori is eager to meet Chad. She meets him. She already follows his teachings. Imagine what that would be like for Lori when she comes up to her favorite author or and leader and he tells her that they've been married before multiple times. Now on the flip side, you have Chad and imagine him for a minute. Here Lori comes up to him. She's super eager to talk to him and most likely flirty like how we see her on several body cams with her giggles and her flirtatiousness. And Chad meets her and says, you know what? We've been married multiple times before. You were my wife over and over and over again. Maybe that put in her head, you know, like, oh my gosh, this guy thinks that I was his wife for so many times. I mean, this is just a meant to be meeting, to meet in person. This is just all meant to be. I mean, she might have thought that. She was enamored with him from my understanding. So it's possible, don't you think? And here's a question for you. Do you think Chad is saying this for his own benefit because he finds Lori attractive and he's acting like a hormonal teenager? Or do you think that he actually believed that they were married multiple times before? Let me know in the comments below. Now, Nate asks if this is when you decided to form a group. And Melanie says there wasn't any group, just him talking individually. No talk about starting a group, nothing of that language. And we also hear Melanie Pulowski say the same thing. It's not a group, we're not in a cult. And maybe in their mind, there's not enough people to make it a cult or a group. It was just that small group having a chat about it, in my opinion. So Nate goes on to say, you know, what was it like to witness all this? And Melanie says it was definitely different. She said the idea was definitely a new concept, but she's a very open person. So she doesn't necessarily think it's not true. She just listened, but open. And 
she says, when you get introduced to something, I let it marinate. And Melanie Pulowski said that same word. And I'll get to that in a minute. She says, this is not something I knew about until they shared and never heard it in the church. It does not represent our church's teaching at all. And back to let it marinate. In Melanie Pulowski's recent interviews, what was interesting is I first heard her say, you know, I let it marinate. Who says that? And then I heard Melanie Gibbs say, well, I let it marinate. So I wonder who started that first, if that was from Melanie Gibb or if that was from Melanie Pulowski. So I just, I find that kind of humorous in a way. It was like, I let it, things marinate. Just something that stood out. Now, Melanie goes on to talk about how Chad and Lori communicate on the phone every single day on the phone. And Nate says, well, did you ever wonder, hmm, are these guys are falling in love? And Melanie says, oh, I knew that they were pretty much hitting it off. And she said she actually offered the idea of, why don't you guys just go ahead and get a divorce? But Lori and Chad said that they weren't allowed to. Something that they received on the other side of the veil and how they would speak about it and they're not allowed to get this divorce. And Nate says, so it's not a group or a cult, but do you think it became one over time? Melanie says, well, it depends on what you believe that word means. A lot of us don't understand that. So maybe that goes back to... You know, who wants to be, who wants to call themselves a cult anyways, right? Nobody's going to call it a cult. But she does say this, and I, I did write this word for word. She said that you have the basic tenets of the gospel of Jesus Christ that we do as Christians, right? And then you have this doctrine that comes in that isn't affiliated with any Christianity. It's not doctrine that comes from Jesus Christ. It comes from the adversary. It's enticing because how many people do you hear even in the world that they want to know about their future or they want to know their fortune or something like that. So it's enticing so you keep going more and more into it and then you get to more and more information and gets you to ask questions that you shouldn't be asking and you learn these kinds of things. I didn't see him forming any groups per se. So she goes on to talk about preparing people and how that's not a cult and they just hold events and it just so happens that Chad was a speaker at these events. They had no idea that Lori and Chad held these beliefs and that they didn't even know about Chad and Lori's relationship. Nate asks, well, would you say that you got sucked into it or was brainwashed? And Melanie says, I don't know the brainwashed word. I would say sucked into it. I don't know if you would call it brainwash or not. And I've heard Melanie in one of her previous podcasts, I think it was the first one she did in December of 2018, just after she met Chad. And Mother's Day is almost here and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried and true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. 
everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real Traveler Reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. And she sounded really excited on there with Lori talking about their experiences. So it's interesting now the difference now that Melanie has time for introspection. So it's interesting now that Melanie has had the time for reflection and looking back. So I don't know if ever she would admit to being brainwashed, in my opinion. So Nate goes on, well, how often do you meet? And Melanie said, well, it's not like anything was planned. We just got together. She says she spent a lot of time with Lori and seemed like every day for a period of time, especially when she left Charles that first time. But she says then after that, it spread it out a little bit. And Nate brought up Zulema and Alex. And Melanie said that she met Alex for the first time at Lori's house as well as Melanie Pulowski and at the time she would have been Melanie Boudreaux. And she said that she met Zulema at church. She described Alex as really fun and enjoyable and Alex was kind of a comedian kind of guy. They talked about all kinds of stuff, sometimes spiritual stuff, sometimes non-spiritual stuff. And she said in the beginning it was more casual. And this is interesting because she said um, at this point Alex didn't know anything about the beliefs until later on. So it gives us some insight as to where Alex was with these beliefs before Charles died and how it developed over time. And it wasn't soon after that he was filled in on these beliefs of zombies and that kind of thing, but I'll cover that in part two coming later. So Nate asked, would you say that Chad and Lori were leaders or working towards that? And Melanie says, ultimately, yes, they did believe that they were the head of the 144,000. That word is scriptural, but they believed that was what their assignment was. In many senses, they were trying to find people who would fit that group individually. And in that Dateline episode, I believe it was the first one. I think actually it was in both of them. April Raymond, who was a friend of Lori's and lives in Hawaii, she said that Lori told her that she was one of those 144,000 and that she was meant to help them. And April declined. And I believe it was in the latest Dateline episode, April said something to the effect that Lori wanted her to leave her two children or, or however many children she has to go be with her. And April said, yeah, no, that's not going to happen. Now, Melanie talked about how Lori stopped going to church on Sunday when she found out that Charles was trying to chase her down and give her these divorce papers. She said it was rare that she went to church, but she went to the temple. And right before those divorce papers were initiated, which is the beginning of February, I think it was the 6th or the 8th, Charles talked about how Lori went to the temple every day and spoke to Moroni. And that was even on the body cam footage. And I just did that video about Charles and I will put that right here. He also talked about how Lori was so different those last couple of months and she was nonsensical. And that just so happened to be the same time Lori met Chad. Now here's where it got super interesting because Nate started talking about burner phones and he mentioned 60 burner phones being used to communicate. So I wonder where he got that info about the 60 burner phones being used. Sure makes me wonder. I can't wait to find out more about that. 
Melanie said she didn't even know what the word burner phones means. Nate explained it. And then she says, I know that she had about three phones, but they seem to be the same phones. So she did those and threw them away. I don't know about that. It was hard to track her at times. You didn't know which phone she was going to pick up. She had one special phone that her and Chad would communicate with, and he had a special phone outside of his cell phone number, so it was just for their personal communication. So Lori had three phones, and I wish Nate asked more about this as well. What were the three phones? We know one is for Chad and for her to communicate with him. Was the other one that Melanie knew about, was that Tylee's? And because her phone was found in Hawaii with Lori, or were these other phones? Also, in one of Melanie Pulowski's interviews, she was talking about how she didn't even know Lori's number at that time. Well, apparently Lori had three, so you didn't know any of them? Hmm, I'm not sure about that, in my opinion. Now, Nate asks, you know, why are they so secretive? And she says, when you go to church in the temple, there are certain questions they ask you to see if your belief systems are consistent with the doctrine and they were inconsistent. So that's the reason you're going to be secret about it because you think you know something more than they do. That's what at least was introduced was this idea that we know more. If that got out, people would think you're unusual or weird in the church, right? And then they would say, hey, I don't think you're allowed to go into the temple because of these teachings. And Nate just confirmed some things like, did you know their teaching weren't in line with mainstream? Melanie says, yes. Did you talk about it? Yes. But she did say that Lori led me to believe that the teachings were true. Nate then asked if Chad and Lori made her feel special as they were doing these teachings and that she was one of the elect and needed to be part of them and to be with them. And Melanie says, yes. She said, first she questioned, you know, who me? And she said she didn't feel like she was. She didn't get that personally from God. But she said, Lori had to keep talking to her about it. And she says, you really are, you need to believe this. And Melanie said she did it with quite a bit of enthusiasm about it. And she described Lori's relationship as a best friend or really good friend. And Nate says, and you all knew each other in previous lives. And she says, well, she claimed we did, but I have no memory of that. And she starts to giggle. When Nate asked about the belief system, if it was written down or recorded, Melanie said, yeah, there was paperwork that showed 12 apostles, Old Testament apostles, prophets, friends they knew currently to movie stars. And she says, well, I don't know, maybe there's four pages. I'm not sure. She says, but this document was created by Chad. She also said that Charles was aware of it because he sent it out to a lot of people. And in a previous interview by Melanie Pulowski, she talked about how Charles brought this document over to her and was asking her questions, but she was blaming Charles about it, not Chad who wrote it. So I'm calling BS on Melanie Pulowski, like I did in my last video. She knew more than she's letting on in these interviews. It's quite obvious. So Nate starts talking about Chad and Lori sealing themselves in the temple to each other. And he says, well, they were in the temple together when this happened, yet she's still married to Charles and he's still married to Tammy. And Melanie says, well, yeah, Lori said it was okay that they did because they had been married so many times before that their spouses would understand someday. The weirdest part of this part one was Nate says, well, Lori said that she has been on 21 planets and Chad 31, have you heard that before? Melanie says, mm-hmm. And she said, I wouldn't say planets, but I would say lives. And Nate goes, oh, that he was a holy ghost and has had five lives on this earth and she's had four lives. Melanie corrects him, says no, five lives, I believe so. 
Then Nate brings up the portal. And he says, and Chad made a portal in Lori's closet. What does that mean? Melanie smiles and she says, well, it sounds crazy, but a portal is something that he created for her. I don't know exactly how he did it. And Nate says, like a box? <laughs> this is like the best comment through the whole thing. But she says, it's just a spot that he said a prayer or whatever word he uses. I don't know. It's not like he can come through physically, but it was a way for them to interact spiritually. And Nate says, okay, so it was a sacred area where she wanted to go connect with him. She could go sit and they could have a connection. And Melanie says, well, yeah, I thought it was different. How do you do that? Do you have special skills to do that? I didn't understand how people could do that. It was pretty extreme. But remember, Melanie was open to all this and, you know, following what Chad was saying to, to an extent. She did talk about her being skeptical, not 100% confident. She said even Lori seemed to be um, not 100% confident in all this. She said she had doubt. And Lori had said to Melanie, if Chad is Satan, he sure is a good one. So Melanie says it tends me to believe that she wasn't 100% convinced either. Now Nate brings it back to talk about Zulema and Alex. And he asks, what was Alex like? with Zulema. And this is where it's interesting because Melanie says, well, they didn't get together until the very end. They were developing a friendship. Now, Melanie Pulowski said something very different. In her interview, she talked about how they were dating for months before that because people are questioning, was this just a quick marriage, right? And Melanie says, no, 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 they, they were planning this for months. Now, Melanie Gibb is saying, well, they didn't get together until the very end. So I do actually wonder more about this because there's two different statements. And when Alex and Zulema got married, it was like an eight minute thing in Vegas and it was described as very businesslike. So I wish Nate would have asked more about that relationship. I'm curious about it. Now Nate goes on to ask about Melanie Boudreaux and what she was like. And Melanie says, she's fun, I really like, I really love Melanie. We did have a special relationship. She loved me and I loved her. She seemed like she had a lot of strife in her life. She was really worried about her family, so we had conversations about what was going on to some level. She wasn't as involved as Chad and Lori, but we were a support to each other, I think. And Melanie Pulowski mentioned this in one of her interviews, how they would get together and talk about their beliefs and talk about this and talk about that. And she said they would all form a group and hang out and discuss the doctrine and all this thing. So Nate asks, would it be fair to say that you, Chad, Lori, Melanie, Alex, and Zulema, you six were kind of a close group of friends and tight-knit family in any way? And Melanie says yes. And in that last bit on part one he says was it always religious talk and she says pretty much I would say so and Melanie seems in this interview to be quite genuine in my opinion she does seem to want to do the right thing I did notice that she's very careful in this video she's not as detailed in her words and I, I understand that she keeps it she keeps a lot of what she's saying at the surface level. Even in the body cam footage of Lori and Tylee, when they were in the police station that day, Melanie Gibb was there and she did the same kind of thing, kept it surface and not as detailed. And even the police officer was like, okay, I need more than generalities. I need you to go a little bit more detailed. 
So I'll be doing part two and part three shortly, however many parts there are. And I'll also link the original interviews in the description below so you can find that there. Let me know your thoughts on part one. We'll have a chit chat below. We are now getting a better perspective of how it was for these guys. And I do have to say it's not looking good in my opinion. Not only for Lori, but also for Chad. And it's not looking good for JJ and Tylee, but we can always hold on hope. Let's have a chit chat below. Subscribe if you haven't done so already. You can check out my new membership as well called The Crime Ring, and I will also have that in the description below. Click the like button and click the share button. Thank you so much for watching. See you soon. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.